Hello and welcome to Little Cabin Knits. I'm your host Emily and this is episode 68, Learning to Crochet. Little Cabin Knits is a bi-weekly to monthly podcast all about knitting, mental health, advocacy, my new mama journey, and life happenings here in the wilds of Alaska with a little bit of yoga sprinkled throughout. I'm a knitter a crafter, a mental health therapist, and explorer of my home state of Alaska. This week's episode contains admin, around the fire, on the couch, on the shelf, personal skill set, a time for higa, and contemplation corner. So sit back and join with me as we talk about my crocheting journey of the last couple weeks. And thank you all for joining me. administration well as per usual you can find me on instagram and ravelry as anders mill knits uh i haven't been recording my youtube channel but that is between knits and pearls don't know when we'll be back folks you can find the show notes on between knits and pearls.com and as per usual i'm an amazon affiliate you can also find me on instagram as little cabin knits ak and we have an ongoing knit along, craft along, cr- you know, create along, and that is the knit what you love. We've got a few people who've been posting their uh, uh, their works in progress. Um, Lake Life. Oh, I always forget her username. I feel so bad. But she knit a beautiful turtleneck that she posted about, and another lady. I think it's Shamu makes. Uh, knit another sweater. Um, I've been posting my crochet uh, uh, stuff and just remember that we've got some pretty awesome prizes. We've got a sweaters quantity kit and we've got a Fair Isle Fox Gloves knit kit up for grabs as far as prizes and this goes through the end of June. So post on Instagram using the hashtag knit what you love or use the hashtag craft what you love if you're doing something other than knitting. You can post your finished objects also in uh, our Ravelry group of Between Knits and Pearls. It, we've got our own thread for the knit along, craft along. So you can post there. And yeah, we're going till the end of June. So have fun with that, my friends. Around the fire. Well, we've had a pretty easy couple weeks here in Alaska. It's finally turned to spring, kind of turning into summer a little bit. I'll talk more about the weather in a moment, but we have been having a great time. We've been spending a lot of time with family. We had some um, birthday parties. We went to the zoo. Jimmy's first time going to the zoo. Unfortunately, Mr. Radio could not join us for that because we went during the day. Uh, I went with my my two sisters, their children, and my parents, and of course, my little Jimmy Bean. We had a great time. We spent a lot of time at the Mux Ox. I can never say that right. And there was one elderly male Mux Ox that 
seemed to fall in love with me. I It was following me wherever I moved, came right up to the fence, and was leaning its nut muzzle over the fence to try and reach me. I think he wanted to eat me. I'm not sure. <laughs> but he was absolutely gorgeous. And uh, so were the two females in the next pen. And then Actually, wait a minute. I think how it went was it was a mother and a baby in the next pen, and behind them were a camel and a youth muxox um, in another pen. We couldn't get back to that one but because uh, we couldn't figure out the path. And most of the paths uh, still had a good amount of snow on them, and it was quite chilly out. And so there was, there was a limitation to where we could go because we did have Jimmy and his stroller. Now, our zoo up here in Alaska is one that takes in injured birds, um, animals that can't survive in the wild anymore. So that could be indigenous animals to Alaska, or it could be like, like I said, we have a camel. Um, and we did have an elephant that was pretty well known. She used to paint, uh, do a lot of paintings with her trunk, and she was pretty famous, at least here in Alaska. I forgot her name though. Too bad Mr. Radio's not here. He would tell me her name. Um, and I actually, in my, t I spent my entire teenage years right there at the zoo, sort of right next to it. Um, I, I worked and learned to ride horses and train horses right next door at what we called the barn. And so I was there. That's where I broke my leg for the first time while I was trying to train a quarter horse who had some really bad manners um, and got startled one day when a school bus of kids uh, came out and and uh, I was putting him through his paces. I had ju was just about to put him into a canter like I was in the midst of signaling him to go into I think it was a left leading canter and he j and the and the school bus of kids just stopped right there outside and he just went berserk and uh, he went straight for the fence and on the other side of the fence I knew he was going to jump it and he did um, but on the other side of the fence was the big pile of horse manure <laughs> and so I jumped uh, landed wrong and broke my right leg which is also my bad leg because that's also where I had my cancer in it and he did jump and he landed in the manure and was rolling all in it and was stuck in that manure. And uh, luckily I wasn't, I was too hurt to have to clean him up <laughs> after that episode. But I spent a long time right there. And because I was right there at the barn, I used to just walk right next door if I was waiting to be picked up and uh, take a look at, at some of the animals at the zoo, at the petting zoo was uh, right there and we didn't I don't know if they even still have the petting zoo because we didn't get that far over in the zoo this time but the zoo needed to needed to expand so last year they bought out the barn uh, the horse barn and they're working on expanding out into that area as they have some more animals coming in but they're being hush hush about what they are but this time around when we were there we saw uh, this beautiful eagle, uh, pair of eagles actually, one of them, I'm not sure what was wrong with one, but I know the other one had a broken wing. You could, you could just tell by the way the wing was drooping. It, I would have been able to tell anyway, because they always have plaques 
um, outside of each pen telling about the story of, of each of the animals. And as far as birds go, most of the birds, like I know the owls, there was something wrong with their tail feathers, and that's why they couldn't be in the wild. Um, I'm not sure what was wrong with the mucks ox, uh, but I know the bear, one of the bears had a broken paw and he couldn't, and he was, oh my gosh, this brown bear was huge. They had, they, they all had just come out of hibernation and there was this one huge brown bear that just was rolling around in his pen in front of us. And then, uh, on the opposite side uh, from him was the black bear and she was just so adorable there was this trickle of water coming through a pipe and she was batting her paws through the trickle of water and just having a great time we saw mountain goats and my nieces were enthralled with the mountain goats they absolutely love them and I have never really investigated as far as mountain goats go about their fur slash pelt slash wool and so I asked, uh, it, it was right in the middle of feeding, so I asked the lady who was feeding them about that, and she said that no, if anybody had tried to spin with their yarn or make yarn out of their out of their pelts, and she said no, because they actually don't shed. They don't even shed like muck socks do, which, you know, the muck socks just shed when they rub against, like, uh, trees and things like that. And so they don't even have that uh, just with doll sheep mountain sheep is what it was not mountain goats sorry um yeah it's pretty much you make blankets out of them if they die you you skin them and you make rugs and 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 blankets out of them instead and I was like huh interesting and very sad too because I, I don't like thinking about that my uncle was a huge hunter and it always really disturbed me when I would go to their houses and see the big moose heads and uh I think he had a bear bear rug that he had killed I'm not sure it just always really disturbed me but at the same time my uncle did use all the meat that he hunted he didn't let any of it go to waste he wasn't a trophy hunter you know um he he used it all uh, my uncle um was very much into subsistence living so it just is kind of disturbing to see a, a, a an animal's head on a wall right yeah anyway so we had a great time doing that and then You'll pardon me, I have to start my car. I'm at the food bank this morning, at my local food bank. And um, I'm hoping to get some good, some good eats for us this morning. I can talk about that as well. But um, the other things that are going on is my little Jimmy Bean. He seems to be uh, growing exponentially. He's now in 12 month size clothing and larger because some of the 12 month size is pretty small. Uh, so I've gone through and I've weeded out all of his clothing that is too small for him. And I'm going to take that to the secondhand store here. And as well as I, I've, I've weeded out a bunch of his stuff that he's not using. Like for instance, he no longer uses the baby bathtub. We take baths together, he and I. And so he doesn't use that. And so we're going to get rid of that. And some of the things that he's just kind of grown out of. He doesn't need the pillow, the special pillow that babies use when they're learning to sit up. He doesn't need that anymore. We don't use the bottle sanitizer. And then just a whole bunch of clothes. So we're going we're gonna, to uh, take all that to the secondhand store next week. And he's going to be moving into his room within the next week or two because... Um, we just determined 
he's old enough now. He's going to be a year old on the 23rd of May. And he's old enough now that he can be in his own room. And I won't panic, which I'm laughing internally about this idea that I won't panic with him not being in the room with me. Um, and he he does he's very in tune to my presence and so he actually doesn't sleep as well when he's sleeping in the same room as me and so we notice that if I'm not in the room he sleeps a lot better but if I'm in the room he wants mama he wakes up he even no matter how quiet I am when I'm going to bed he wakes up and he wants me uh, to just hold him and cuddle him and, and things like that and so we, we think it's best for all of us, you know, hopefully I'll get more sleep um, and he'll get more sleep as well uh, if he goes into a second room. But I'm having a hard time with this idea, uh, I tell you. And he uh, is crawling now. He took his first crawling steps on the 27th of April. Over at, we were over at my parents' house and I had just made him that day a special toy, which I will talk about in on the shelf. It's a new pattern. It's on our web, my website and you can get it. Um, and he was having a great time chasing after that toy that I made him and he took his first crawling steps and it was the most amazing thing. I might've squealed and made funny noises and started crying a little bit. He started clapping when we were in the tub a few days later and he loves to clap his hands now. He is talking nonstop. It's wonderful. I did uh, record a little bit of him talking for you guys. Uh, he is being a lot more social. He's really enjoying other people besides him, just me and his dad at this point. And that's really making me a lot happier. But otherwise, um, that's just how, that's about how life is. Uh, I did go on a pretty intense eight-hour job interview that I haven't heard back from and it's been about a week and a half and you know I've been really struggling because I feel like I should be contributing more to the household budget and I'm not and it's we we can't make it on just Mr. Radio's salary uh we could make it if I got a job because I usually can get a job that pays really well so I feel guilty that I'm not working and at the same time I feel like I, I'm supposed to be with Jimmy and we made that decision and then, you know, uh, here we are. So uh, if I were to go back to work, Mr. Radio would quit his job and he would stay home with Jimmy. We still wouldn't be flush in the pocket, but we'd be able to make it from paycheck to paycheck, you know. Um, but, you know, we don't want Jimmy to go to a daycare. Uh, we feel very strongly that um, that it's just not right for our family that uh, one of us can be can and will be home with Jimmy no matter the sacrifices we have to make thus I am in the food pantry uh, line here this morning as I talk to you it's the day before Mother's Day it's going to be my first Mother's Day as as a mom I'm so excited we have nothing special planned we're probably going to go over to my parents' house, and uh, my mom floated a couple ideas of what to make, and, you know, of course, I don't want my mom cooking on Mother's Day, so I offered to make my burrito pie, which is super delicious. It looks disgusting when you're making it, but it's on our regular rotation of meals, which I haven't made a video on that yet to put on TikTok or Instagram yet. I wonder why I haven't done that. 
I've been doing a lot of those videos. I've kind of slowed down the last week or two. I've been super exhausted and cranky. And it's just, I, I haven't felt up to making my recipe videos and things. So I will eventually, but just right now, I just, I just need a, a little bit of a break, you know, but otherwise we've just been having a grand old time with Jimmy and me doing a lot of cleaning. He's been, we've been interacting, doing a lot of, um, what is it called? Structured learning, I think is what they call it for babies. Um, and sometimes I just don't think that we need to do that with Jimmy. Like he just like enjoy the day. I doesn't have I don't have to be on a schedule with him and he doesn't have to have to do things, you know, according to what everybody else says. He's learning at his own pace. And when he learns something, boy howdy does he dive into it and really embrace it, like the clapping of the hands and the crawling. Uh, just this morning, Mr. Radio was saying that he's so glad that we got the new carpet because he did not realize just how much Jimmy was going to be crawling on the floor. And he was so grateful that I insisted that we get the new carpet because the old carpet, you know, was 40 years old. So it was pretty gross. And I was like, yeah, imagine Jimmy crawling around on that old carpet. It would have been really bad. So yeah anyway that's just what's been going on around here weather wise today it's absolutely gorgeous out there's there's just little wispy clouds in the sky other way otherwise the sun is shining i'm still wearing a sweater though because the wind is blowing ferociously i actually went out and recorded a little bit of the wind for you this morning and it says it's 51 degrees out but with the wind it's probably low 40s most of the snow is gone. Um, I'm not really seeing too many leaves coming forth on the trees. I did see some pussy willows on, on our walk a couple days ago, but the grass is already turning green most places that I can look. And it's just beautiful out and ugly at the same time because Alaska in springtime is probably the ugliest time of year. And then it's like within 12 hours or less like you blink your eyes and one second it's super ugly and the next second it's your breath is caught gorgeous and it's just wonderful so I'm so grateful to live where I live it can make it's it does make things very challenging everything appears a lot more expensive and difficult to get your hands on but you know overall the the lifestyle and the people and the scenery and the opportunities up here are just absolutely amazing so that my friends has been what we've been doing in the last couple weeks here is that recording of the wind blowing so you might want to turn up your volume for just this little bit to listen to that it's just 30 seconds long On the couch. 
Well, I am continuing my journey of making my parents their blanket for their motorhome, which is the Battenberg blanket by um, Kay of... Oh no, I've lost her name and I don't have it in front of me. I am so sorry. Uh, but I, I, it, it'll be in the show notes. And everybody knows this blanket is free. It's a crochet pattern. It's it's gorgeous. It's also very, as we say, potato chippy. I love it. It's so much fun. And I have now knit about 60 squares. I think the last episode I was at 42. Now I'm at 60. So I'm excited about that. I still haven't made a Ravelry project page for this yet. I haven't really been bad about that lately. So I need to go get on there because I, I want to keep track of how many squares I make. I'm not sure how many squares you need. I'm crocheting this uh, at a um, Brava Sport Weight. And so it's not out of the fingering weight that the original pattern was. So uh, I might still make however many squares she did in the original pattern, but I don't remember from the pattern if she even mentions how many she ended up crocheting. So the main color is white. And so, and then the pops of color, we've got yellow, we've got ocean blue, we've got a deep blue, we've got a kind of a teal, we've got a kind of a tangerine color. Um, I think we have a purple. I'm not sure. I think my sister has that one if she has it, or maybe it was a pinky color. I'm not positive. You know, there's a lot of kind of very Easter colors and then there's just one or two pops of some deeper more intense colors like that deep blue that my mom loves so much and so um I've just been working away on that my goal still is to have it done by August and for them to take on the road the easy part is what I'm doing now which is the crocheting the little squares the harder part is going to be connecting them all and I think I will invite my sisters and their daughters over and we can have a day of planning out the blanket and stitching them all together each of us taking a little section and we can get it done faster that way there's a couple ways you could do it you could just connect the corners of each of the squares you could do the blanket stitch which is probably what I'm going to vote for but I'm also going to allow it to be kind of everybody can vote on which method of of putting the blanket together we will use so but that's a little ways in the future because I don't even want to do a partial connection of the blanket uh I want to wait until all the squares have been crocheted and then we plan the whole thing out and crochet it from there like lay it all out on the floor I connect it all then lay it all out on the floor and do it that way the other thing on my crochet hook is the four color sweater by Daisy Craft Creations I found her on YouTube And I've been learning to crochet from all of these different beautiful designers that post the pattern design from start to finish on YouTube for crochet. And it's been so wonderful. Uh, In a second, I'll talk about a hat that I uh, crocheted for Jimmy from there. And it's just been great. I've been learning a lot. Like one of the things that I've learned so far in just this sweater is the crochet ribbing technique which is crochet through the front post versus the back post I've learned how to um, make a sleeve I've learned well just honestly how to you know 
knit an entire sweater. This is a cardigan. I could go so far because she does have for this pattern, you could knit it as a regular cardigan or you could knit it, uh, crochet it, sorry, uh, with a hood. And I am, I'm debating whether I want to do that with the hood. But I'm, I'm determined also not to buy any yarn. And so I am using what I have. And I might not particularly love the color uh, grouping that I have. But I'm going with it because this is what I have in Brava DK for Jimmy. I've got a whole bunch of minis uh, in these different colors. I've got brown, I've got orange, and I've got that um, kind of aqua blue. And so those are the three colors I chose. The, the sweater calls for four colors. I only have the three. So I made my striping sections a little longer. Like I think it was one or two rows longer each um, color repeat and I, I really like it I think the one problem I've been having is with the sleeves because it's crocheted in the round but it's not crocheted in the round because see the body of the sweater is crocheted flat and if you were to crochet the sleeves in the round the design would look different from the body so you are working around the sleeve cir the, the sleeve circumference and then you're turning your work and working back so essentially you are working your sleeve flat but it's still technically also in the round it's very strange my problem has been that um i seem to constantly be one or two stitches more than what i'm supposed to have 27 stitches and I can say this because it's a free pattern if you go to daisy craft creations I think it is she has the pattern for free you can also daisy craft farm that's it uh she also has the entire pattern from start to finish on her youtube channel oh and she is so sweet and so engaging as she's crocheting this with you I absolutely adore her um she's not the best crochet pattern writer out there but then again I haven't really found any crochet pattern writers out there that I think are top notch yet and I've been reviewing these quite a lot lately so you know I think just crochet pattern writing is a lot harder than than knitting, knitting pattern writing um for me crochet pattern patterns I need a I need a visual where with knitting I can visualize what's what's going to happen but with crochet uh, I oftentimes need that extra visual step and I I think most people must need that because I'm noticing with crochet patterns there's a lot more pictures within like of each step within the pattern so that people can understand what's going on so um it's been okay so I've got one sleeve done I'm working on the second sleeve so then I'll just need to do the ribbing at the front so that I can put in the buttons and decide if I'm going to do the hood and I'm I'm done I would love to be able to finish that today uh, but I'm not going to count my chickens because you know being a new mom some days I get three rows in and other days like one day I got half of the sweater knit uh, the body of the sweater, uh, a crocheted. I got half of it crocheted. And it's just crazy. Um, so those are my two things that are on the shelf.
on the shelf. Well, I have lots of things on the shelf and they're all crochet. Let's start with the epic fail. That was the first thing I finished, which was the uh, pattern of, uh, let's see, what's it called? Herringbone Bonnet by, put out by Yarnspirations or Burnett Yarn Company. And it's a free pattern, found it on Ravelry. It's like <laughs> horrendous. Uh, the pattern itself was stupid as far as the construction of the hat uh, and the way the pattern was written. I had to look up a lot of things and I don't feel like I really, how do I put this? Like, I know I'm a, a new at crochet and I'm learning all these different techniques and stitches and this uses the herringbone stitch for crochet. And, but at the same time, I feel like the pattern was so poorly written that I, I just, it, it was just, I had to rely on a bunch of other things. Also, uh, a bunch of, of videos on YouTube and looking up things and trying to figure out, like, they, like they, ha they used abbreviations for everything, but they didn't explain what the stitches were. Um, and then... Um, I finally got the hat done, pieced together, sewn together, and I put it on Jimmy's head, and I'm telling you now, it looks like he is making fun of the Amish in a bad way. Like, and as soon as I put it on Jimmy, he just started bawling, he was screaming at me, all the pictures I took of him of uh, wearing it is of him very angry, and I was angry too, because I had just spent three days working on this and actually I'd had to start over because the herringbone stitch was so uh, different for me that I kept on actually decreasing when I was uh, unintentionally when I was crocheting this and so my first trial run of this hat was an epic fail and then the second one I did successfully but then when I put it on him like I said it was just really bad I don't know what else to say um I just used some cheap yarn that's 100% acrylic that I can't even remember the name of. I must have bought it years ago, but it's fingering weight, and I used that in a green colorway. And hi, Tim Bean. Are you eating bananas? Yes, you are. And you're squishing them in your hands. Look at that. You're making such a mess. Yes, you are. <laughs> He's all looking bashful at me and grinning at me as he's doing this. But it was it was just really bad. I was really upset by that. But um, Jimmy has grown out of all of his hats, and so uh, and it's still too cold for him to go out, especially on our walks, without wearing at least a hat, not, you know, full body uh, winter wear. Yes, I hear you. Um, and so I went on, I just decided to go onto YouTube and look up crochet baby hat. And I came across this one hat and it's, it's just a, a, a horrible name for it because it just says ribbed beanie in six sizes. Um, or maybe it's called double ribbed beanie. I don't know, but it's from baby all the way through adult. Um, and it was a really fun, fun pattern. It also, just like in the sweater that I just finished knitting him, 
it's knitting around, but it's not knitting around but, uh, because you knit in the circumference and you start from the crown and you work your way down and you knit in the circumference. But when you get to the end of the row, which you mark by using a locking stitch marker, which is probably what I need to do with his second sleeve that I'm working on is use a locking stitch marker. Anyway, um, and so when you reach the end of the row, you chain one, I think it is, and then you turn it and you work back. As so you're <laughs> you're working flat, but you're also working in the round because you, uh, it's a spiral. But they do this intentionally because this creates a really interesting effect, kind of like a Latvian braid effect or uh but with also a herringbone effect and it's just very fascinating and i loved it and it was really fun to crochet and i knit the tw I crocheted the 12 month size for jimmy and it fits him uh with a little room to grow so he should be able to wear it through the summer no problem and it was great and this actually uh, is where i actually learned to do the uh, crochet ribbing that I'm using on his sweater so you know crochet through the front post crochet through the back post um, and go around and around and let me just tell you crocheting ribbing is really fun but it looks horrendous when you start it you, you you're like what what this looks terrible this has got to be wrong do you guys hear that he's saying mama mama <laughs> yes mama but I feel, um, but anyway, the ribbing is gorgeous. You just have to get, you have to crochet three rounds of the ribbing for it to actually come out looking right. Um, that's what I figured out. So for his hat, I did four rounds of the ribbing and it looks absolutely marvelous. Marvelous. I will link in the show notes, the link to the YouTube video. You don't need anything else except for the YouTube video as far as this is concerned. Um, then let's see what else. Oh, I designed what I'm calling the baby ball rattle toy for Jimmy. Yes, I did, didn't I, Jimmy? And, um, I was just playing around with crocheting and I was actually learning. I'm trying to learn how to make a rattle for him. There's a couple patterns I'm trying to use, which one is a mouse and the other one is a bear. And I was fiddling around with trying to figure out how they're doing this because the designer, I think, for these is Ukrainian or something like this. So her, her, her English translations is, is a little difficult to comprehend, but I'm determined to do it. So while I was doing this, I was just thinking to myself, hey, this is actually really easy to create a ball. I can do this. I, I've already figured out how to increase and if I just look up on YouTube, again, how to do a, a crochet decrease, I could figure out how to close off the ball. So I did that. I actually learned how to do what's called an invisible crochet incre a decrease. And so I went ahead and designed it. Uh, and I crocheted him up a ball that's perfect for his size. It's probably the size of a, a medium-sized orange. And I put a, a rattle ball inside it, and I stuffed it with with uh, stuffing, and then I, I just closed it up, and he loves it. It's in a gray, nondescript color, so it's not an exciting color to, to use, but it's what I had on hand. And he ha has been having a great time. That's actually what he was playing with when he learned to crawl. 
and it just made me so happy. So I posted that on Instagram and everybody was really liking it. So I said, okay, I'm going to figure out how to write up this pattern. I've never written up a crochet pattern, but I'm going to figure it out. And I stayed up, I think it was until like four in the morning that night. Uh, and I decided I was, okay, in order to do this, I've got to crochet another ball. And I was like, well, if I'm going to crochet another ball, why don't I try it with a worsted weight yarn? So I took out again. <laughs> my Brava yarn, this time in worsted weight, and I took out, I think it was a 4.5 millimeter hook, and I just started crocheting the pattern as my memory dictated, and it meant that I had to go back and figure some things out again, but I just wrote it up as I, as I went, and then I checked with, I, I read over the pattern, and I checked with other crochet patterns, and I was like, okay, I need to tweak things here. I need to make this clearer. And I just worked at it and worked at it until I finally felt like I had something that even a novice crocheter like myself could read and successfully utilize. Now, I didn't link any YouTube tutorials in the video. And I've actually been thinking that maybe I'll just do what so many other crocheters do and crochet from start to finish this ball. And for YouTube and put it up on the Between Knits and Pearls um, channel. Not sure if I will yet. been thinking about it, so who knows? Maybe will. Jimmy's having a great time. But um, in the larger ball, um, when I was stuffing it and I was putting in the rattle ball, I was like, ah, oh, in this larger ball, one rattle ball doesn't seem like it's going to be loud enough. You don't say. So I ended up putting two rattle balls into that ball, the larger one. Yes, my love. You're just the best, aren't you? You're done? Okay. So I'll, I'll just finish up what I was talking about, and then I'll let you out of your seat, okay? Okay. Um, and it's perfect. The two rattle balls make just enough noise for it to be really fun and to him to really enjoy himself using it. Um, the, the larger size is probably, um, a little bit larger than a softball size, you know, not a baseball, but a softball, which makes the ball a little bit big for Jimmy. Like he finds it a little awkward to play with at 12 months. Well, 11 and a half months. So, but I do feel like, you know, like at 14 months or 16 months, he, he's going to really enjoy playing with it, these. And I think he's going to really enjoy playing with these for years to come uh and so if you guys want the pattern uh it's a free download on ravelry it's also a free uh pattern on my website and i made it so that you can download the pdf pattern off of the website of between knits and pearls so you can go there and get it i crocheted up the large the large ball now mind you i was trying to remember how i did the small one and I was uh, trying to make notes as I did it. And we had the TV on and we were watching an X-Files episode. And I still completed the large one in one X-Files episode. And it was a gripping episode. So I'm just saying, you could crochet one of these balls up in like a half an hour. 45 minutes at most. And you can have a really fun toy. For your kiddo. Now you do need to buy the rattle balls. Only place I have found is Amazon. You're in the lower 48 or across the world. Uh, so you might be able to find a different outlet to, to get the rattle balls. But 
that's where I found mine. And I put a link in the pattern as to where to get those as well on Amazon, the ones that I used. So that, my friends, let's make sure. Hold on. Two hats, two rattle balls. And yeah, because I'm still working on the blanket. So yeah, those are my finished objects for crochet. You are just so entertaining, Jimmy. You know that? Yes, you are. Yeah, you said it. And you looked right at me. <laughs> yeah. You make the world so much better. Yes. The world was utterly gloomy without you in it, and now it's just wonderful. Are you going to grab my nose? Don't grab my nose. Oh, your sticky banana hands. Oh, yes. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Mr. Bear, you want Mr. Bear? Look at that smile. Come on, come give Mr. Bear a hug. <laughs> yeah, uh, you got him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you tell Mr. Bear what you dreamed last night? <laughs> yeah? Oh, well. Uh-huh. Oh, you got him. Yeah. What else did you dream? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Mr. Bear says, good morning, friend. Good morning, Jimmy. Personal skill set. Today I wanted to talk about something that I ran across on accident and realized that I'd been doing for a while now and had no idea about it and thought I would share what I'd found with you all. It's called a commonplace book or I'm calling it a commonplace journal. And the idea about this is that instead of journaling like you normally would, like how your day is going, the big events of the day, or um, maybe a journal prompt or something like that. Instead, what this idea was is that a commonplace journal would be a place where instead of collecting your own thoughts, you collect the thoughts of others. So the main sources that these would come from are places that are books that you read, articles you read, whatever you read. 
um, podcasts that you listen to, uh, quotes that you might like, like you might um, expand on uh, on a quote that you read somewhere. So you write it down in your commonplace book and then you then you write your thoughts about that quote that you just wrote down. And when you do that, it's always good to list, to mark down uh, the book that you took the quote from, the author, and the page number that the quote was taken from. Um, other places that you might take a quote from to, uh, or a thought from that you might list in your commonplace book are things that you watch. Like, a, like right now, I'm watching uh, Star Trek Voyager, and I don't know, there, there might be a quote from there that I might like, like maybe Seven of Nine says something or Tuvok says something <laughs> profound that I might want to list and and think about, like the temporal uh, temporal collective or temporal. I don't know where it says uh, that you don't talk about that you don't under that you don't um, uh, mess with the temporal timeline that kind of thing, even if you know it. Um, the idea about a commonplace book is that instead of being a passive uh, person along for the ride in life, instead you're constantly seeking out knowledge to then, it, uh, then um, incorporate into your thought process to let it work within you. But in order to do that, it's not enough just to read something and to think about it. The, um, the, uh, John Locke wrote about this, oh, I think it was the 1500s and the thought and the thought process is that even Aristotle back in uh, you know Roman times uh, actually um uh used a commonplace book as well um but the idea is is that instead of just being a passive participant in life you're constantly seeking out knowledge and when you find something that strikes you whether you feel like it's of importance to you now or you have no idea why it's striking you and you just you just want to remember it, you write it down because the act of listening to it and letting the thoughts flow through your mind and out through your fingers kind of solidifies it into your brain processing. The idea also is th- that this aids in your memory of things. For instance, um, when I was preparing to write about this, or to talk to you about this, uh, I went back and I watched quite a few YouTube videos on this and wrote down quite a few notes uh, and quotes from the YouTube videos that I found on commonplace books, which by the way, that's how I came across it. It just randomly came up on my YouTube feed and I watched the video because I was like, what are they talking about? And it turned out that I'd been actually doing this for years and years, and I just had no idea that this, there was an actual formal name for this. Um, but there, uh, Marcus Aurelius said that by um, reading something, letting it pass through your mind, and then through your fingertips onto the page, and then as you think about it uh, through the days and weeks to come, this is dying the mind. So you inwardly digest what you read so that it becomes a part of you. And the goal is to capture as many good ideas as we can so that we can grow in our humility and humanity 
and to recognize that we don't know everything and that that we sit at the feet of giants if you will you know it's really funny when I was young in my 20s I felt like I knew myself I knew what I expected out of life and I understood the world around me now here I am 20 years later and I think I know less of myself than I ever have and I understand less of the world than I ever have the world to me is a very confusing place especially now and I won't go into all of it you guys can conjecture all you want about why that might be but we all seek understanding and a grasp of of the things around us and an an understanding of ourselves and so this commonplace book is a really amazing way to do that very thing the reason why I say that I feel like I understand myself less now than I did before is because I'm on a brand new journey you know I know how to be Emily as a single adult woman very career oriented um pretty well off in her thinking and in her behaviors but also in financial matters I also know how to be Emily as a wife you know and to how to be Emily as loving others around me in particular my husband what's been interesting to me is this new journey of being Emily the mom mother having another human being completely dependent on me 27 I mean 24 hours a day seven days a week that to me is a journey that I never uh, thought would ever come true but also it confounds me a lot of times and confuses me and I feel lost in what and and not knowing exactly what to do so I seek advice out from other people I'm reading a lot of parenting books this time instead of with the view of using that knowledge to help my clients, I'm reading these books to help myself. Uh, Attachment parenting being the main subject that I read about. Um, And so I've been using a commonplace book, which I didn't know was that's what it was, to write down when I read something in these books that I'm studying, to write down the ideas that I wanna try or the things that I might wanna remember as I am on this journey. I also have a commonplace book that I started about a month ago in which I've been putting down things like what we talked about last episode when I talked with my friend and we talked about budgeting tips and ideas on how to clean your house in a more economical way but also without using all of the the chemicals that are on the market today. I've written down lots and lots of recipes. All of those things that you saw on my, if you went to the to Between Knits and Pearls and read my last episode, I gave you all of the recipes that we talked about. And all of those recipes uh, for uh, cleaning solutions are in my commonplace book that I think I'm going to call Household Matters or something like that. I'm not really sure. But I also write down um, recipes that I try and I put a smiley face on it or a frowny face on it if we like it. Like for instance, my Dutch oven cheese bread. I have that recipe in here and I've corrected the notes to tell it that I wanna add more salt the next time I make it. Um, my, new, my husband's new favorite thing that I make, which is called 
uh, burrito pie. And I got that recipe off of TikTok. I have that in my notebook. Somebody's at my door and I don't want to answer it. Because I think, I think I know who it is. But I put that in my book. And I've got a smiley face next to that because we actually really like this recipe. <sighs> I better pause for a sec. Okay, I'm back. Um, it was actually not who I thought it was. It was my upstairs neighbor. One, a, a piece of mail actually got delivered to them instead of to us. It was from my mother-in-law uh, with a Mother's Day card. And it's my first Mother's Day card ever. It's so wonderful. I love the note she wrote to me. So I'm really grateful for that. So back to the commonplace book. Um... In this one that I do of household uh, household things, I also write little notes about budgeting tips that I've done where I note down things that are too expensive for us to buy right now. Um, I've also written a passage in there about the humbling experience that it is to go to the food bank. Um, and uh, I talked about that in my last episode as well. It's very humbling to do that, and but I'm also extremely grateful. Um, I mentioned in the beginning of this episode that I was actually in the line at the food bank when I started recording. (laughs) And this time, the things you get are just so funny. Um, We got six boxes of Girl Scout cookies in this food bank order, uh, or uh, um, delivery, or whatever you want to call it. Um, And they're good until September. We got two bunches of bananas, we got a loaf of bread, um, and we got a box of, of apple fritters, two frozen pizzas, and I think something else. Oh, a couple oranges. It's just, you never know what you're going to get in them. And sometimes they're really, really healthy. Like last week, I got so many vegetables. It was astounding. We ate, we ate uh, my roasted my roasted vegetable meal, which I, again, have in my household book. Um, my recipe for my my roasted vegetables, I have in that. Um, I also have in, in my household book um, little things that I want to remember that Jimmy did, like special moments. I won't read all of them, but uh, let's see here. Where did I write that down? Um... Let's see, the day that he crawled for the first time, uh, the first time he clapped his hands, the first time he gave me a kiss, the things that, the, you know, the, the thoughts around how he loves to share and what he loves to share, um, how he loves to, what toys he really enjoys playing with right now, um, how he loves our family walks, and so on and so forth, and the foods that he really loves to eat. I didn't, I mean, the... I mean, if you go according to the actual commonplace um, definition, which I'll read again. Let me get it really quick. Um, A journal where instead of collecting your own thoughts, you collect thoughts of others. Um, If you go according to that definition, um, my household book is not really a commonplace book. But I'm calling it that because... I am collecting things in there that I think are worthwhile to me, that I want to think about, that I want to utilize again, that I want to look back on. And so they're worthwhile to me now. But in my other book, I have um, 
the things that, that I'm thinking about as far as parenting. I did make a list of things that I thought might be interesting to try and do uh, commonplace books on. Um, I thought mom notes might be a really interesting one to do. And in particular, things about like gratitude about being a mom or the hardships of being a mom and things like that. Um, I thought about um, having a, a commonplace book that's full of book quotes, like, like the definition says, um, but of any book that I read, um, words that I want to learn and to utilize in my life, um, any spiritual things that I might read and want to remember, also mental health notes. And that I think would all be in one commonplace book in my mind. I mean, you might have, I don't know, 10 commonplace books, each with a different topic. And it might take you 10 years to fill them up because each book is on one topic. Whereas somebody else might just do a commonplace book and put everything down in, in everything that I've talked about today. Um, quotes, ideas, thoughts, reminiscences, special moments, recipes, um, adventures, all those things you might put into one. And so you might go through one commonplace book in a few months, right? Which is kind of more like a journal, but different. I think for me, the important thing for me is that it's not just that I'm utilizing this book now, but also that Jimmy might want, want it later on when I've passed away. He might want to remember these things, but he might not necessarily want my journals that I've written over the years. So, most of them are full of angst and woe is me entries. And when I look back at them now, I cringe to read. But when I did write them, they were very helpful for me and healing for me to write. But now later on in life, they're not as useful to me because I, I just, when I start reading about those times in my life, I start kind of falling backward into those emotions, if that makes sense. And it's not that I want to forget that those things happened. Heaven forbid. No, I never want to forget that I went through those difficult times. Um, but I want to be able to look back and read those things in a lot more of an objective fashion and, and not as tied to them. So I really like this idea of a commonplace book because for the most part, it removes the emotion that I might be experiencing in my day-to-day -day life and and opens the door for more um, intellectual thought, if you will, uh, more knowledge that is useful. So I really liked this idea. Um, I, I wrote, I read a lot, I'm not read, I watched a lot of YouTube videos. Um, some some people took a very spiritual, right-wing, um, Christian viewpoint. I watched this one lady who kept referring to herself as a mother teacher. She kind of, and my eyes twitching, just thinking about her. Um, she was fascinating to watch from an intellectual viewpoint. And she did have a good, a, a couple good points um, in there. Uh, that I will be using later on as far as creating a routine for my son when I start hopefully home homeschooling him in a few years or in a year or maybe. I don't know. Depends on what I'm thinking. But she did have a few good points there. But 
um, she, she kept turning me off because there there was this really strange language she was using about calling herself a mother teacher and and using a lot of really strong right wing wing Christianity and really far right wing Christianity um, viewpoints that I might not align with right. Um, and then I watched another one that uh, that was very much more intellectual and very much more aesthetic driven and I and she kind of turned me off in some ways because she kept on harping on things of making it a place of beauty having things very organized putting drawings in there and pictures in there and she really emphasized the need to use high quality books because you're going to be passing this on down now I'm on a budget and I can't afford to go out and buy a leather bound journal I do not know how to draw. I'm terrible at drawing, so I'm not going to draw in it. I might make a doodle here and there, uh, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not also not going to put the pressure on me that if I if I write something down. In fact, in my book that I was talking about, my commonplace household book, on my recipes, uh, let, let's just take my take my Dutch oven cheese bread recipe. I've got three places on this one recipe where I've written something down, and then after I made the recipe, I went back and I crossed out what I wrote down to make notes for the next time to improve the recipe. I'm not gonna tear that page out because it's to me that whole learning, uh, level leveling up, if you will, process of learning how to make this Dutch oven cheese bread is invaluable to me as I look back on it. So I'm not going to sit here and make myself um, have my book be perfection. And the book that I'm using, I got it from Burlington for $3.99. And it says on here, comparable value to $10. So even at the original price, it wasn't an expensive book. And the paper isn't high quality. But I'm still enjoying it. I still really like it. And I think if I take care of this book, it can last for a very, very long time, well into my son's adulthood. So the the thing that I'm trying to get across here is that this, make it your own. Don't make yourself conform to somebody else's idea of what a commonplace book is. If you like this idea that I've presented to you today, which remember is not my own idea. This is centuries old. John Locke didn't come up with it. Um, what's his name? Let me remember. Um, the other guy that I really wanted to look up that I know who he is, Marcus Aurelius. Um which I've heard his name many times, but I've never read anything that he's written. Um, He wrote an entire book around this idea of commonplace books, and I think that was in the 16th century, I think. (sighs) Don't make yourself conform to anybody else's idea. You know, today's episode, I was going to talk a lot about the aesthetics of yarn and knitting, and the pressure we have to conform to this idea of just the right kind of mix of farm life, cutesy, but also pristine knitting um, and creating that is out there on Instagram and or in the world at large. Um, and this pressure that we have to buy expensive yarn and I was going to talk about 
breaking that down and things like that. And then I came across this commonplace book and it's interesting to me because then I started feeling the pressure around that, like to conform to what all these other YouTubers and other articles were reading about, were writing about and talking about too. And I'm just tired of this whole idea of this outside pressure on us, you know, free yourself, my friends, do what you want to do. If you want to write a commonplace book, do it and do it in your own way right? Maybe, uh, maybe you want to write down a poem that you read that is absolutely beautiful and you want to take the time to write about it. Well, technically speaking, that's a writing prompt or a journal prompt that you're doing. But if you want to put that in your commonplace book, do it. Uh, uh, Do what makes you happy and fulfills you and not what anybody else dictates to you. Um, and while I say that, I also say that with a caveat of always remembering to do it with a healthy mindset and please try and stay within healthy boundaries and things like that. Like, don't don't say, oh, well, Emily said to do what makes me happy, so I'm going to go out and do drugs. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> not saying that at all. But I think you're smart enough to know that that's not what I'm saying. I'm just putting it out there just in case. So... Uh, good luck on your on your continuing journey or on your new journey of journaling of maybe starting a new journal of commonplace notes and thoughts and thank you for indulging me as I talk about something that's brand new to me that I had no idea I was doing for years now and it kind of excites me uh, that I didn't reinvent the wheel if you will so there you go A time for Hugo. So it's springtime, my friends. I've talked a lot over the past couple of years about Hugo and comfort and joy and, and making things just warm and welcoming for you. And I've taken a lot of different um, ideas and incorporated that, incorporated that into Hugo lifestyle or thinking that maybe might not have been there before. Um, and for this installment of A Time for Hugo, I want to encourage you to go out and explore your springtime. Some of you are much further along in your uh, springtime cycle than we are here in Alaska. Uh, And I talked about that at the beginning where I talked about how I'm not seeing as any buds on the trees, but I am seeing some pussy willows coming out. Uh, A couple days ago when Jimmy and I took our walk, I, I found um, a little sprinkling of wildflowers just shooting up out of uh, beside the road there and I got really excited so I want to encourage you to go on out and explore and find these little miracles these little joys that will bring you joy when you see them and you can also cultivate that in your home life as well um, if you're like me and you live in a condo find little ways if you can if you have the space to propagate uh, flowers or um, good things to eat. So one of the things that I do, which I still need to make a video on, I'm about to make another batch of, is my alfalfa seeds that I grow in a mason jar. Yes, you can do that. And it just sits on my kitchen table because my kitchen table is right in front of my um, 
um, glass door and so it gets some sunlight but I'm not even sure that it needs the sunlight I think it would grow regardless but those alfalfa seeds I put on my salads I put I sprinkle secretly into a whole bunch of things that I feed my husband and myself my husband doesn't really like alfalfa spouse or at least he thinks he doesn't um and I include that in um I haven't given it to Jimmy yet because I'm I'm a little nervous that it might choke him but I'm, I'm about to start another batch of that. And it just, in just a few days, I have some healthy microgreens to feed my family that I know is going to help us in our health journey. And they are so cheap. You know, I went to the store the other day because I was just curious. And I looked at the price of young plants that they were selling to then, you know, transplant into your garden. So they were ready to go and you didn't have to start them from seeds. So the young plants were anywhere from $2.30 upwards to $5 or more for a single plant. Sometimes you got four, a packet of four, you know, little things. And then I looked at the packet of seeds. And for a packet of seeds for a $1.20 something, um, I could plant my entire garden for the summer of lettuce and so I thought to myself boy howdy that's what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I've never grown anything besides my alfalfa seeds from seedlings before never in my life but I'm uh, I'm told that I can do it and so I'm going to and I'm excited about that because I'm propagating things, but I'm also feeding my family, and that brings me so much joy. And I'm not just feeding my family garbage. I'm feeding them things that will help them be stronger and grow stronger and ha- and not be not succumb to every sickness that comes our way. And that makes me full of joy, which then in turn means that I'm full of Huga moments in my life. But maybe you don't want to grow plants uh maybe like vegetables maybe you want to grow some flowers guess what i'm doing that too i bought a packet of wildflowers and i'm in a week or two i'm going to just sprinkle them into my backyard uh, on the edges of my backyard because i want to see some wildflowers growing out there but i i'm not going to put the pressure on me to like monitor them day in and day out right to make sure that they grow uh, maybe you want to just go to the store. I mean, tomorrow's Mother's Day. Maybe you'd like to go to the store and buy yourself, treat yourself to a beautiful bunch of flowers and put it on your table to frag- to have it fill the air with this beautiful, rich fragrance, but also the beauty of it. As you're sitting down at your kitchen table to maybe write in your commonplace book or to have a dinner with a loved one, friend, family, your family... And that flowers are there, filling you with this yuga moment, right? Maybe you want to do a meditation as you breathe in the fragrance of those flowers. So I just want to encourage you to find yuga moments outside of what we say is the norm, which is like, you know, hand-knitted items, rich, delicious, indulgent food, cozying up with a book or uh, in a blanket on your bed or taking a, 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 a... soaking bath you know those things are pretty typical what we think of as yuga moments let's step outside of that and think about other ways that bring us joy 
And so the, as we go into this springtime, summertime growth period of our cycle in this world, these are Hugo moments, right? As we, as, we, as we see things come back to life in this resurgence. So enjoy these moments of Hugo in your life. Contemplation Corner. So I don't have a really inspiring quote for you for uh, Contemplation Corner. Instead, I want to just read to you something else I wrote about down about a commonplace book. That this is a single place where you keep ideas, quotes, inspiring thoughts, and other potentially useful information for regular review and potential repurposing. And that came from a blog post from The Accidental Creative. And the only other quote that I wanted to list, read to you again was that Marcus Aurelius wrote down that a commonplace book is the process of dying the mind. It's an inwardly digestion of what we read so that we be, it becomes a part of who we are. Well, my friends, our time together for another episode has come to a close. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a very organic episode. I haven't written down any show notes, and I don't think I will. I think that this time around, I am going to allow myself not to conform to the pressure of a podcaster, which is to always have show notes, right? So this time around, it's very organic, very just what I, what's on my mind and what I wanted to share with you this time around. And I thank you for indulging me in that. And I hope that you find ways to relieve yourself of that outside pressure as well, giving yourself peace of mind, peace of heart, and peace of will. And thank you so much for joining me. And until next time, remember to knit what you love and love what you knit. Ta-ta for now. Thank you.